Welcome to the Successful Podcast, guys. We're on episode 21. The week has flown by and we are also still wearing our hats. Welcome, Steph. How are you? I'm loving these hats. I think I might wear it forever. Mine is so itchy, but I'm going to rip the oh, shit out really? of it. really? Yeah, it's no. super itchy, but that's okay. I hope you guys like it. My Instagram feed for the next two weeks is just going to be me wearing hats on reels. So <laughs> that's cool. Hope you guys like that. So Steph, what is your lesson of the week? Yeah, cool. So my lesson of the week, and this is like, it's something, it's it's more of a lesson for you guys and, and definitely a reminder for me, but it's make offers, make sales. I think that if you want a quick cash influx, then you've got to be able to just make some offers. And we spoke about this a little bit in last week's episode, but it really rang true. We've had a lot of clients that have put a lot of offers out there since. I know that December can be a really tough month for making cash. And so sometimes we just want that little cash boost. And the only way to get it, guys, is just to make some offers. So get your pricing, get your profitability right. There's always room to make offers for quick cash. So lesson of the week for me is just, guys, if you need more cash in the next couple of weeks, please make a quick offer. Tim, what is your lesson of the week? So I've been doing some study like the nerdy man I am in the business, and we've been talking about client retention. Not that ours is bad, but you always want to be better. So this week's lesson is about maximizing retention rates. So essentially, there are 10 rules of retention. For my lesson, I'm not going to give you all 10 because I'm going to bore you to death. And if you want those rules, sign up to Successful, and I'll teach you that. will not be bored to death. It's like so interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's actually yeah. super interesting. So I'm going to walk you through four of them, guys. So the, the four are vision, value, success, and optics. I'm going to go into each of them. Don't worry. So in terms of the vision, a client you work with needs to see the vision outside of what you actually deliver. And what I mean by that is if you have like a six-month program, you want to give them a vision for one, two, three, four, and five years. It doesn't have to be deep, but they need to know that you have a plan. So no one wants to sign up with a business coach and then, or business coach example is successful and like, here's what we're going to do in six months. What are we going to do after six months? What are we going to do in two years, three years? What's my business going to look like, etc. People want to be excited by a plan, then they need to know that you have a plan, aka you are a leader. Number two is value, okay? I'm going to jump in there. Okay. Do you mind? Yeah, go for it. I think that it like this can work. It like that was a business coaching example, but like if you're an accountant, you should be talking with your clients about like not just the next PL, not just the next 12 months, but like talk to them about the next two years, three years, four years. Like what is the vision for them as well over the next four or five years? I think this can work in so many different ways. If you're a baby sleep consultant, it's not just about baby sleep, what about toddler sleep? What about regressions? What about, you know, nap time when they're five? Like what about, I mean, I have no idea about toddlers, but I think I know some things about those things because we've, we've worked with a few baby sleep consultants, right? So it's like thinking about, Whatever, whether you're in digital marketing, it doesn't matter which industry you're in. Give your clients the vision far beyond when the actual service, like amount of time is. So if you do a 12 month offer or you do a 12 month program or a 12 month locking contract or a six month or whatever it is, get them to see the vision beyond that. Let them know that you have a plan for them the whole way through. Now though. All right. Over to number two, it's value. And your clients need to see that they are getting value from your product or service. Okay. How you do that in a business coaching example is we have a free yearly Bali retreat. You come to Bali, it's five and a half grand. How fucking good is that value? Okay. People, no one can deny that. After the Bali retreat we have in Feb, we're doing one the Feb after. So people are going to know if they're in successful, they're going to come to Bali. The other example here is in a digital marketing. So if you have a digital marketing agency, you get a client 60 leads in a week. It costs them $600. It's $10 a lead. You send them a loom and you say, cool. How cool? I got you 60 leads this week. How great's that service? 60 leads you wouldn't have had before. That's how you're showing value. Anything to add, Steph? No, absolutely. Just like let them see 
see that they're ha- that they're getting value from your program. There's so many different ways that you could do. Like ours is obviously a Bali retreat as, as one example, but we do lots of things. Like we have progressions within our program where you know once you meet certain income levels, you're able to move up a class, and so we celebrate people as they move up classes. So let them like show people their progress, show people like how that they're moving through your offer and how valuable your offer is. That leads us into number three, which is actually success. So clients need to know that they are making progress with you. Steph just gave a perfect example of that. I'm going to give you a gym example. Every 12 weeks in the gym, we do a strategy session when the clients want to book in and then we run through their results. So what are your strength gains? What are your body fat improvements? What are your body composition improvements? How do your photos look, etc.? And we're showing them the success that they have had with our service. And the fourth one, guys, is there's 10 here, but the fourth one of 10 is optics, okay? Do you help your clients when times are tough? And some examples of this are financial breaks, breakups, divorces, etc. Sometimes people might not be able to afford to work with you. And when the time is right and it works out for you, can you help them out? And can you show that you actually do care rather than saying you care? Because sometimes it's not just about saying that you care about something, it's showing, okay? And this is a little bit off tangent here, but I saw a post of Elon Musk yesterday and he said, I don't talk about helping the world or saving the world or saving the planet. I actually do it. I've helped the world more than any other human has in history by uh, building the most amount of electric cars that there are ever, okay? And he actually showed and there was optics around that. Mm, love that. I think that we can make that an episode. Guys, if you want to see an episode on retention, let us know in by sending us a DM and we can always do an episode on retention for you. We can dive a little bit deeper into these. But what we wanted to dive into today and the topic of today's episode is how to set goals for 2024. Because we are coming up to that time of year where we start thinking forward into what next year is going to look like for us. Where do we want our business to be? What do we want to achieve? How do things need to be different from 2023? Let's be honest. 2023 was a bit of a shit show. I think that every person I know like struggled in some way, shape or form. I think like the economic climate dramatically changed and that changed a lot of the ways that we do business. And so we thought that we'd share our process for you on how we set goals. And so that will be towards the end of the episode, but how we are setting goals for 2024 and some of the additional advice to keep in mind as you start to set your goals too. So Tim, tell me, what are the key areas that business owners need to consider when setting goals for 2024? So there are four key areas to this, guys. Capitalism is king. So money, obviously, is number one. Number two is time, like how much do you want to work? Number three is like lifestyle. What do you want your lifestyle to look like? Do you want to be working 24-7? Do you want to be stressed as shit? Like what do you actually want that to look like? And then the last one is team, okay? What do you want your team to look like? Do you want to have a massive team that are running around like headless trucks? Do you want to have a small team that have uh, high profitability and they are really good at their job? Yeah, I think like on the money one, guys, it's not just like how much do you want to earn? Like it, there's so many like measurable ta- like measurable things that you need to look at when you look at money. So it's like like h- how much revenue does the company want to make? How much you know profit do you want to take home after tax, after GST? How much do you want to be able to pay yourself? There's a lot of different areas in there that I really would love for you to dig into with money, okay? And I think when it comes to time, it's about getting really clear about what kind of time that you want to spend in the business? Are you the kind of person that ideally, you know, you're maybe you're a mum in business and you only want to work between school hours, like between 10 and two. Cool. Well, like how do we set your business up to make sure that your, that your time needs are met, your lifestyle needs are met. And then with team, I think it's really about also thinking about, do you even want one? Is that even for you? Or would you prefer to be owner operated? Which is also so fine, but really checking with yourself. Like these are the four areas that we really get you to consider. And we're going to dive in a little bit more. Steph, I'm going to put you on the spot here. How much money do you want to make next year? Oh, 
Interesting question. Our goal for next year, or as far as I can remember, is to hit $2.4 million in revenue. I think it was 2.5. Okay, 2.5. That's a rounded number. That makes more sense. And I know this is challenging for you, but what do you want your lifestyle to look like? Holidays, working in the week, time off, etc. So for me personally, and this is probably slightly different for myself and Tim, well, we both want to definitely go away every six weeks. We find we used to actually do it every 12 weeks and we found that that wasn't actually enough for us. Every We would start getting really itchy feet around seven weeks, eight weeks, around between nine and 10 weeks, we'd start to get really frustrated. The thing when you live and you work from your home, even though we have an amazing home, it's very beautiful. Even though we you know love each other and we love spending time together, when you are trapped in these four walls for every single day for eight to 10 weeks at a time, it does get a little claustrophobic. And so it's really important for us to get out and get some perspective. So from a lifestyle perspective, we want to get away every six weeks or so, whether that's just out to the bush or whether that's, you know, to Bali or over to, you know, Queensland or wherever. We want to have that lifestyle. From a time perspective for me, I really want to be able to switch off at one o'clock every day. That allows me some time to go to some appointments, things like acupuncture, um, maybe go for a swim, go for a beach walk, see a friend, see my parents, go and get stuff for dinner, cook. It allows me to have a really easeful afternoon. So I typically work eight to one every day. And that is a kind of my time and, and ideally weekends off except for Sunday afternoons where I get my prep for my week. That sounds like a great lifestyle, especially the cooking. I really would appreciate that in my lifestyle as well. That would be incredible. So Steph, where do you see goal setting going wrong for entrepreneurs and small business owners? I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, when we, and we're going back to money here, I think where a lot of entrepreneurs go wrong is they just write down an arbitrary number. Like I want to hit 50K months. And there's nothing really behind that. And I think that that is a really dangerous way to goal set for a lot of reasons, but a lot of the time, and especially once you start to get into those bigger numbers, like 100K, 200K months, it starts to get a little bit dangerous because if your goal is just to hit 100K months, as an example, then you will honestly, more often than not, unless you're really, really talented and but this doesn't happen, usually you have to learn the lessons the hard way, is that you will grow to that point and spend all of the money that you have to get there. And so, and, and you work more than you've ever worked in your entire life to get there. And then you get there and it's really unfulfilling. And so the number that you set has to correlate with where you want to go. So when we talk about 2.4 million, that's the overall revenue number, but we have our profitability numbers off the back of that, that are going to allow us to buy the house, the investment property that we want to buy and the, and pay ourselves the amount of money that we need to get paid. Like there's a step by, like, it's not just the 2.4 million. We don't receive $2.4 million into our bank accounts and walk away at the end of the year with $2.4 million. Obviously, there's a cost of doing business and so, and tax and GST. And so it's really important for us to know our numbers and know like, what is the goal for the money? Like, it's not just like, how much money do I want to earn and, and how much money could I could I hit in like 50K months because everyone else is doing that. It's like how much you actually want to earn for the things you want to achieve in your life. Where else do you see goal setting going wrong, Tim? I think you hit the main ones there. I also just think people don't go big enough either. Like it's very chill. I think I've read a ton of goal setting books. I've seen, a, I've heard podcasts on goal setting and they say, realistically, you just want to set about a 10 to 15% improvement. If you have a business, 10 to 15% is not sexy. Okay. You want something that's sexy and it's going to motivate you to go hard. Okay. So 
yeah, I'm all for being realistic, but I'm all for going hard as well. The bigger the goal, the harder you'll go. And that's like Gary, what's his name? Not Gary Vanderchuk. Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone. 10X. He says, set your goal as 10X and then you're going to take 10X the action. Then even if you don't hit your goal, you're going to have a way bigger goal and you're going to achieve way more than what you initially thought you would. Yeah. And I love that also off the back of that, the 10X book, 10X is better than 2X is an incredible book. And the whole premise of that, similar to what Tim was just saying about Grant Cardone, but it's really around that topic of like, when you think 10X, you have to think differently. Because if I told you right now to 10X your business, you'd be like, I can't. <laughs> because the output that would be required of you, you like if we told you to double your business right now, you would immediately think, oh my God, how can I double my business? When you go 10X, it can't be I you cannot 10x your business. You're going to need to think different. You're going to have to change the way you do things. And and when you start thinking on that bigger scale, that's when things really unlock. And so that's why when we talk about setting those really big goals, it's not to scare you or to make you feel insignificant in comparison to the goal. And first of all, if that's how you're feeling, that's an indication that there's some mindset work that needs to be done, by the way. Big goals shouldn't scare you. They should excite you. And so it, it, it should force you to think differently. It should force you to want to kind of step up into that kind of person. One of the other things that I see goal setting go wrong is saying yes to things that take people away from why they started their business. So for example, saying yes to an opportunity because it's going to bring some money and cash flow in, even though you are going to hate it. I see that go wrong all the time. I, I feel like one of, and Tim, you'll probably agree with me, one of the number one reasons that business owners want to give up is because they end up just doing shit they absolutely hate. And they end up chasing a dollar figure and feeling like they can't achieve it and getting so caught up in the numbers and the metrics that they actually forget why the heck they started their business in the first place. And they stop doing the tasks that actually brought them joy. And and so please make sure that when you're setting your goals, it's not just arbitrary and financial numbers. It's like, what actually do I want to be doing in my business? What are the tasks that bring, that light me up and bring me joy? Like, what are the tasks that light you up and bring you joy, Tim? I love making content. I love doing podcasts. I like writing stories. I love coaching. I like making sales, actually. It feels good when sales come off. I love doing Facebook ads and... I do like team meetings when they go well, but when they don't go well, it's not so good. What about you? <laughs> yeah, I love coaching. I love presenting. I love presenting. So mm. masterclasses, any free content that I can give out. I really enjoy like creating lead magnets. I, I, anything that's like around giving value, but anything to do with presenting, speaking, podcasting, that's coaching. That's really my jam. And so we make sure that we prioritize those things in our businesses for ourselves, you know? So, and, and the stuff that I hate doing, like automations and tech stuff, we leave to our amazing admin side to do. Because I just, CBF, it's just not for me. And so don't get caught up in stuff that's taking you away from the things that you really wanted to do. My last point here, guys, is where it goes wrong is goals are not measurable, okay? So a lot of people don't want to set a financial goal for whatever reason they have, but that's one thing that's super measurable. The other thing that's super measurable is how much time you spend on your business. So in terms of measurability of goals, time spent on business and then financial ones are great. So I would suggest setting both of those for next year uh, because they're the most measurable ones you can. Yeah. And things like, I, I hear people talk about goals sometimes and say things like, I just want to feel better or I just want to lose weight. I want to be confident. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Okay. So like, let's get really hyper-specific. So I want to get confident. It's like, okay, well, what specifically do you want to do with that confidence? Like, I want to get confident enough to speak on stage, right? Like, okay, cool. So how many stages do you want to speak on? I want to get confident enough to speak on five stages next year. That's a measurable goal 
right? It's like, I want to lose weight. Okay, well, let's get hyper-specific. How much weight do you want to lose? How many kilos? When by? Like, let's get goals that are really measurable. Like, stop kind of giving these blanket goals that have no measure that, you know, you're never going to know whether you achieve them or not. If you, if you don't know if you've achieved them, then you're never going to feel like you're getting momentum. If you don't get momentum, you're going to give up. And so it's as simple as that. All right, Steph, moving on. If you want to achieve a huge goal, what's the number one thing that needs to change, especially going into next year, 2024? If you want to set a huge goal, so this is something like what Tim was saying before about a 10X goal, then the number one thing that needs to change is probably you. Because the kind of action that you're going to have to take is scarier. It's going to be different. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be bolder. And it's going to require another level of you to unlock. So what kind of person, what kind of woman, what kind of man is it going to take to hit those goals? Because it's probably not the person that's sitting there right now. Because in order for us to 10x, if we need to 10x, so, we, you know, we've turned over like 1.7, 1.8 mil this year, we should be able to in this, fi- like the next financial year. And then to get to the next one, we 2.4. Then it's like, in order for us, if we wanted to go to 10 mil, the version of us that has to exist has to be com- like very, very different. We have to take a very different level of action. We have to, you know, learn a very different set of skills. And so things do have to change. And the magic of goal setting is actually not in hitting the goal, but in who you become along the way. And like Tim will tell you right now, like how has hitting the milestones actually felt? Yeah, it's felt incredible. I've got one thing to add on this is like, are you going to be the person that's scared to do a social media post? Are you going to be a person that's scared to send 10 emails because what will they say? Or what will the unsubscribe rate be? Or are you going to be that person that's scared to do 10 cold outreaches? Because that's not the person in 2024 that's going to achieve your goals. You need to be ballsy. You need to take action. You need to step up every day. And who is that person? You need to write it down. You need to visualize that person. You need to be that person every single day next year if you want something to change. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. Okay. If you go into next year and you do the same shit that you did this year, you're going to have the same result. Probably worse actually, because things get worse over time. Generally, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards in business. So who do you need to become? Step into that person. Spend some time. If you're listening to this podcast, you give a fuck about your self-development. You give a fuck about your goal setting. You give a fuck about your business. So spend some time, write out who you want to become next year and step into that person. I love that. And I think if anything I've learned over the years that hitting the milestones of your goals, like when we hit 2.4 million, it's it's going to be pretty underwhelming, to be honest. Like mm. nothing really changes. But most of the pride happens when you realize that you are a different person to who you were before. So instead of like being frustrated, we're calm. Instead of blaming other people, we take responsibility. Instead of like frustra- being angry at myself or berating myself for making mistakes, like we practice self-compassion, right? So I think that, you know, and in those moments where we worry, like what Tim is just saying about what people think, it's like really stepping into being yourself. And I think that is where the magic happens. I think that's where we are usually most proud of our growth and of our experience. When we look at our clients and we speak to our clients, that's the stuff they're telling us year on year is like, I'm just so proud of the way that I show up now. I'm just so proud of the action that I took. The actual goal itself is is underwhelming. It's not going it, to, the, the dopamine hit of that will last, you know, a couple of days at most. And then, and then, you know, you go back to the grind. And so it's really the person that you become is where the magic lies. So Tim, tell everybody, what are our goals for 2024 and how do we arrive at them? So we did touch on this just before, but 2.4 million was the goal for the year. That is a, you know, ish double, not really, but you know, like a, a good increase, about a million dollars on what we did last financial year. But that looks like 221 clients at Success School. We're at 183 this morning. So we're actually pretty fucking close to that, but we'll have to retain it. So we have a, our 12 months is up 
in June next year. So we'll have a couple of people leave. We're always making things better. We're always improving. Success school is not going to be exactly the same every month, you know, forever. We're changing it. We're making it better. We're improving it. We're giving more value. We're improving retention. We're doing all that stuff, which is going to improve success school, but we're still going to have a drop off at that point. So I strongly think that probably by June next year, we'll, we'll hit like 280, 300. Then we're going to drop a few that, that's you know, per month, by that, the way. That's no, that's total for oh, the year. Yeah, sorry, yeah. you mean clients? Yes. Yeah, cl- clients. So I think per month that looks like 220K ish per month just from Success School. Steph and I both do some one on one stuff as well, which is going up in finances, but I'm working out that one on ones is, is quite tough, which is something I haven't discovered before. I told him that. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, any, if anyone here is a one to one coach, you will know. It's a like, I only take on five one to one clients at a time. It's a, it's a big, like, it doesn't matter how much you love your clients and how great they are. It's, it's a big energy expense. So, yeah. So, so the financial goals are, are sort of what about time and lifestyle? So, time and lifestyle, Steph and I both want to coach around 10 hours a week and then total working time about 25 to 30. Okay. So, that's all in. So, about 20 hours working on the business and then working in the business coaching for 10. In terms of lifestyle, that's holidays every six weeks. It doesn't have to be like a world holiday. We actually realize that we don't like to go super far. We're pretty cool with Bali or we're pretty cool going for a camping holiday or just a weekend away. That That's fine by us. We are going to do the Gib River Road next year, which is about a month off. So we're going to have to get the Starlink, the Tesla Starlink or whatever it is. And we're going to be coaching on the road and doing podcasts on the road, which should be super fun. So excited. So that's what that looks like next year. And then in terms of team, we are scaling quite a bit at the moment. We've just had some setters come on, some sales support, and we're probably going to need a community person to come in and help us out with this next year. So that's what it looks like in terms of success school. I think in terms of cars and like lifestyle stuff, we'll probably move, I would say in a year and a bit to something a little bit bigger. Not that our house isn't fucking incredible. We just want a pool and we want to It's also not toddler friendly. Yeah, it's not Our house is not particularly toddler friendly. Not that we're pregnant. That's not, that was not a secret that we're not pregnant, but one day, hopefully. And we've been dreaming of having a, like a nice car, but we need a garage for that. Not that we don't have nice cars, like a Range Rover and a Ram is a super nice car, but like- Tim's Tim's a boy racer, so- So like maybe an older Porsche or something like that. We've we've had our eyes on what was the Jenna chick that she had one in Kardashians. Oh yeah, yeah the yeah. Caitlyn Jenner. No, Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, yeah Caitlyn Jenner Kay- had one. Yeah. Jenner had one in. We really like that Porsche, so maybe get a Porsche as well. So let's get into some listener questions, guys. If you got some inspiration from that, that's cool too. Yeah, um, we just want to be super transparent yeah. with you guys about like what our goals are or what we're looking to do and like what comes up for us, you know, in that in those moments and how we're looking to transition. We get asked by clients a lot of the time, like you know, to tell us about this stuff. So if you guys find it interesting, we thought we'd share it with you. But into our listener questions, so Tim Hannah S has just asked. I have just resigned from my full-time job. Yeah, Hannah, nice. What is the best way to transition to your company now? She's a new startup. She's got no clients and she's got four months worth of backup salary to survive until she has to make a new decision. Well, Hannah, I'm like scared and excited for you in this exact position because that is a huge commitment. Congratulations for that. What I would be doing every single day, and I had a, I've had some sales calls this week with people in, in similar positions to you. And they said they spend about 20 hours on their business a week. And I asked them what they do. And they, they, you know, they gave me a whole bunch of stuff that they do. But the number one thing you need to do is you need to be actively marketing and making sales every single day. Okay. That's your number one thing. You want to be uh, attracting clients every single day. Okay. It doesn't matter about your SOPs, your processes, your mind map, or all that like crazy stuff that people do in business when they start. You need to be making offers, getting clients, getting people in the door, getting proof, getting runs on the board and making sales. Okay. Cause business is about making money. 
Without money, you have no profit. Without profit, you have no business and you may as well have a job, okay? And I don't mean that with any disrespect. I mean, that's the reality of business. Yeah, and I think I like just a really hyper-specific feedback Go to Facebook, like don't just hang out on Instagram unless you have a big audience because Instagram, like it's really hard to grow an audience right now. Only 3% of people see your stuff. My advice is like get into some Facebook groups with your offer, make it a heck yes, start a heap of conversations. Conversations equal conversions. I will say it again, conversations equal conversions. You need to be having a lot of conversations with people. I know it's awkward to reach out. I know it feels uncomfortable, but the version of you who gets the clients, who doesn't have to go back to a day job, she needs to show up and she needs to do scary action. She needs to start a lot of conversations with a lot of people. She needs to go to some network working group. She needs to meet people. She needs to tell people about what she's doing so that she can get clients. So make it a heck yes offer. Maybe offer a discounted rate to get some clients through the door so they can experience it. We have an entire process around how to get clients fast and successful. So if you need some help with this, please ask. But Facebook groups are 100%. There are people in there right now looking for help and you should just go in there and help them. But yeah, marketing, 1000% marketing sales is all you should be doing while you get try and get off the ground. Everything else can come once the money stuff is, is set and sorted. All right, we have question two, and I'm going to answer this first before Steph does, but Jackie has asked, which marketing tactic has helped you best and that you think would work for any business? Incredible question. I fucking love this question, by the way. Marketing is my jam. Instagram, not so much, but all the other marketing stuff is my jam. The number one thing that you can do, and it's available for free, and it's in our Facebook group, is a beta post, okay? And this is in our lead magnet called 10 Clients for $0. So a beta post. I have never seen a beta post not work. Okay. And that is across every industry and every business ever. Essentially what you're doing in a beta post is you're offering up a a new thing, a beta offer. It's a 50% discount typically off the regular price that usually nets. Okay. I've done, I've literally done beta posts in business coaching. I've done it in fitness. I've done it in nutrition. I've done it in a bunch of areas. We've seen it work across the board. What do you think? Every time, every, every time. Hannah, that is 100% what you should do first. Jackie, like every single time, like effectively what the beta post is, is, Hey, I've got this new thing that I want to test and it's going to be at a discount right so i can test it who's who's keen you'll get clients every time 100 so like that has worked across everything the other marketing tactic that we think probably works for any business outside of that that one always works across any business all the time like every single every single time but honestly like lead magnets yeah when done well like they do work you just have to have a good one like and and that is that is tricky and i would say the same thing about facebook ads i think facebook ads probably can work for any industry but again it the offer has to be good. The thing that you're you're putting the ad to has to be good. So it the beta post is the easiest win because you kind of can't mess it up. But on top of that, like lead magnets, like building an email list, starting conversations with people who download your like what your lead magnet, like that will work all the time. But one thousand percent, and I guess off the back of that, really, what I'm saying is the beta post mm-hmm. and email. start and start conversations. Yeah. For sure. In terms of starting conversations, set yourself a minimum. I know this feels super weird and ick for a lot of people, but if you say you're going to start 10 conversations a day, 70 a week, and whatever that turns out to be in a year, that's a lot of conversations. Conversations equal clients, okay? What you need to know. Don't sit there on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or whatever, and just look at people, okay? You have to engage with people. You have to start conversations, and those conversations lead to clients. And guys, I I have to say, I know it feels ick, but I want to be really clear here. We start conversations with people every single day and none of them feel ick none of them feel ick it's not like hey how are you would you like to buy my stuff like ill that is the ick right that's where you get the ick this is not that right and if you want help on how to how to phrase this how to start these conversations how to make them really like you should be starting conversations not to sell you should be starting conversations to serve start a conversation to see if somebody how they're going could they use your help 
Maybe they have a problem that you could solve. If not, that's cool. Go have a great day. Have a great life. Wash my stuff. Like, you know, enjoy, right? That's fine. We have lots of conversations like that every single day. It's like, but honestly, if you follow myself or Tim on social media, you probably have a business or you're interested in starting one. Whether you might not be at the stage yet where you're ready for something like Success School, that's cool. Here's a, here's a freebie. Like, go get started with this. Like, absolutely so down to be of value. Hey, go check out this episode we just recorded recently. So down to be of value, right? Like, if you walked up to somebody in the street and, and they were like, what do you do? You're not going to be like, hey, I do this. Would you like to buy it? This is not the way that conversations go. And so have a conversation like a human, help people like a human, and I can guarantee you that those people will eventually become clients. Awesome episode, guys. We really love that one. As always, guys, subscribe, follow the show, share it with someone who could find this valuable. And we love your feedback, guys. If you have any questions, let us know. We'll answer those in upcoming episodes. As always, guys, leave us a five-star review. It is greatly appreciated. We're on the climb. We're up the charts. We're getting there. We want to go worldwide. Help us achieve our mission. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Audience exclusive.